She's finally getting some action. We are the Spy Fi Guys, and this is Spy. Hello and welcome to the Spy Fi Guys, where we cover spy fact, spy fiction, and everything in between. I'm Zach. And I'm Christian. And Happy New Year, Christian. We're back in 2024 after a nice break. Yeah, Happy New Year. What do we know about 2024? I know it's the year that Highlander 2 uh, takes place in, but let's hope we're not in for any of that this year. Yeah, we don't do a lot of fictional future spy movies around here now, do we? Well, I don't know that there are any. Yeah, it would be something like Blade Runner. That's <laughs> uh, kind of what I was imagining. Uh, the not-too-distant future. But we're not here to talk about those movies. We're here to talk about Spy, starring Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, which, which is a fun film. We watched it together. When it came out. Actually, it before came, it came before out. Before it came out with a, <laughs> a free screening with the Spy Museum, if I recall. Yeah, and what do you remember, Christian? I remember enjoying it a lot. I remember it, yeah, we went with a bunch of people. Everyone seemed to have fun with it. I remember loving it. Like, mm-hmm. legit loving it. Have you gone back to it since? No. I have not either, so that is very <laughs> interesting. All right. But stuff well, did come back to me while I was mm-hmm. watching it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will say that this movie, just with the name, is hard to look up things for. The name is the worst part, <laughs> by far. It's a, it's a toss-up between what is harder to find things about, Spy or Triple X? Mm-hmm. Good question. Depends on who's looking over your shoulder. I think it's <laughs> yeah. just a bad title anyway. It's yeah. like these people are being paid millions of dollars. They couldn't come up with something more original. <laughs> or at least put the in there, like The Spy. Well, Why? that's taken now. It's taken now. I mean, it's very direct and it's very to the point. So yeah. I guess I've got that. Just like speaking our main of, character. <laughs> uh, speaking of being direct and to the point, shall we get into it? Uh, yes. So as always, we have our poetry synopsis. Uh, yes. So we will start with our haiku. Untapped potential. Women tearing down women. Susan outgrows fine. Hmm. All right. Okay. I made that about like the themes of the movie, what the movie is trying to say. I liked it. Yeah. And then here's the limerick. There once was a woman called Coop who for years was left out of the loop. She doesn't know wine, but can dress pretty fine. And now she's the lead of the troupe. All right. Pretty good. Pretty good. All right, and what is our actual (laughs) IMDb synopsis? Yes, our actual IMDb synopsis is a desk-bound CIA analyst volunteers to go undercover to infiltrate the world of a deadly arms dealer and prevent diabolical global disaster. Hmm. Phew. That's a lot. (laughs) Yeah, but I feel like it's pretty accurate. Yeah, yeah. And with that, off we go. So we start with Joseph Fine, played by Jude Law, who is a spy for the CIA on a mission. And he's basically James Bond, but even before we have him, I noticed it's directed and written by Paul Feig, mm-hmm. who did Bridesmaids, which was Melissa yeah. McCarthy's breakout role, but he also did the 2016 Ghostbusters, which yes, this movie reminded me of. Interesting. Okay. And we'll get into that. Why? Get into that later. All right. right. You know that bringing up that that Ghostbusters, or as it's known, Ghostbusters Answer the Call, is like bringing up the last jedi on the internet so prepare (laughs) for bombardment we would be so lucky as to get bombarded but (laughs) i would just say it's not as bad as everyone says but it's also not that great that's my take on it i actually enjoyed it when we watched it Mm -hmm. yeah anyway carry on yeah so we have bradley fine who's basically james bond the women love him he can fight he wears a tuxedo 
he's American, which threw me off. I was mm. expect. I mean, you got Jude Law. I was expecting him to be British, but it, I mean, to make have him be a CIA spy, it makes more sense if he's American. He does work for the CIA, which they chose to do the CIA, I noticed, and not a fictional yeah. agency this time. That's always interesting. And mm-hmm. I have a question for you. There's a part where he looks at a woman and says, Baccarat. Does Baccarat have some double meaning that I'm not aware of? Yes and no. So he's not looking at the woman. He's looking at the glass. That doesn't explain anything. Baccarat is the name of a, a company that makes fine glassware. Wow. You should play bar trivia. I'm impressed I that you do knew that. <laughs> So, side side story. I was a mole rat as a teenager, and you know, as I started to learn more about James Bond, I uh, you know started to learn t- terminology. And there was a sign that said Baccarat, and I was very in the mall, and I was very excited. And I went in, is oh, it's just a bunch of fun, fancy glasses. Okay, yeah, you, I'm a little disappointed. You would have been ready to go. So that reminds me of a story, really quick. I can't believe you were a mole rat because we went to the mall when I went home to visit family over the holiday. Yeah. And I asked my parents why we weren't allowed to just hang out at the mall, like all the other teenagers do in the movies, teenagers slash kids slash tweens or whatever. They said, because if we let you hang out at the mall unsupervised, you would get into trouble. It's just a question of when and how much. I never got into trouble. You never got caught, you mean? No, I didn't really do. I mean, (laughs) we hung around and tried on clothes that we couldn't afford, but that's about it. Oh, well. I guess your parents trusted you more than mine trusted me. (laughs) Actually, that was one of my friends' like, yeah, go-to things of, uh, yeah, let's go to the mall and try on things we can't afford. Oh, that sounds Uh, fun. Yeah, we have. Yeah, so in addition to Joseph Fine, we also have Susan Cooper, played by Melissa McCarthy, who is in his earpiece as his basically, you know, girl in the chair. Yeah, his oracle. uh, As um, what's that? Spider-Man: Homecoming popular popularized the term. Right. And so he very much reminded me of like Jason Isaac in the in the tuxedo or The Rock in Get Smart or Agent One in Johnny English or Justin or- Thoreau in The Spy Who Dumped Me. There's always this character who's like this ideal spy who appears in the beginning and then well, that's much the case in The Rock, but all these other ones they something happens to them. Yeah, they usually die. I also thought of the guy we don't even know his name in Triple X. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Susan is helping Fine with the mission. They're trying to track down a nuke. Um, and so they're going after this arms dealer named Tihomir Boyanov. Doesn't matter. <laughs> who he accidentally shoots. Well, he has yeah. him at gunpoint, accidentally shoots when he sneezes because of allergies. Our first really good joke of the movie. I thought it was a pretty good joke. I laughed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, Fine has to escape, and so he does so with with, uh, Susan's help. I was very amused that in a mission where the fate of the world is literally at stake, it's just one person in a cubicle, and everyone else is just kind of doing their own thing. Right. I mean, there's a joke... Right, where they're dealing yeah. with mice. But even Not if they mice, weren't. Rat, uh, bats. <laughs> right. But, but yeah. like, even if they weren't, they were like yeah. talking about the coffee break while she's on the line. <laughs> so yeah. I, I thought yeah. that was funny. Yeah. yeah. He gets yeah. home and we see it's pretty clear she's in love with him and mm-hmm. he doesn't treat her very well. He asks her to do all of his chores. Takes her out to dinner yeah. and gives her a gift. And he looks like it's going to be something real fancy, but it's like a plastic necklace of like a cupcake with a om-nom face on it on an adjustable nylon string with a toggle. So I have a note here, and I want to know what you feel about this. <laughs> yeah. 
is this like an abusive relationship? Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> and we find out he later knows that what he's a, doing. Yeah, he's oh, just he definitely being an does. asshole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought that the necklace was going to have a tracking device on it, and then it was going to come back oh. later. <laughs> because I partially remembered, I was like, I think he's a bad guy. I think he turns out to be a bad <laughs> guy. Well, we'll see. <laughs> right. So we have another mission briefing at Langley. We have the appearance of the CIA SEAL. So, you know, take a shot for every time we see the SEAL. It wouldn't be a spy movie without it. Yeah. And since uh, Fine killed Boyanov, they now have to track down his daughter, Reina, who's played by Rose Byrne, who's been in touch with the terrorist middleman named Sergio De Luca. Now, I what appreciate- do you remember Rose Byrne from? Rose Byrne, I only recognize her name. She what should in, I know her from? Well, she's in one movie that we have covered, uh, X-Men First Class. Oh, was she she's, Emma Frost? Um, oh, no, she's no. the CIA person, yes, right? Yes, she is. She's uh, Moira McDaggart. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate, though, that they continued the suitcase nuke story yeah. from the beginning. I thought it was going to be a throwaway I joke. I wasn't done on Rose Byrne. Oh, sorry, more about Rose Byrne, yes. She also plays one of... Uh, Senator Amidala's handmaidens in Attack of the Clones. She's the one who is posing as the queen when she get when her ships get ship gets blown up in the beginning of episode two. Wow, and a then very she's memorable like dead. role. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to go look uh, that I, up. I now. just I just find it hilarious uh, that how much all of the handmaidens have gone on to different things. Like one is Kira Knightley, one is Sofia Coppola, and then one is um, Rose Byrne. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yes, we're continuing with the uh, with the suitcase nuke. So, Fine goes to infiltrate Reina's house, but finds well, first of all, when he goes in, his camera is getting all buggy, so it's like being weird. So Susan can't exactly track him correctly. Right, and then Fine. So uh, I'm sorry. Yes, I, I want to jump in. We skipped the scene with Morena Baccarin. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, I know we're trying to move it along, which I appreciate, but I did want to say. It's why I put in the haiku, women tearing down women. Oh. Because <laughs> it's a theme in the movie. It isn't yeah. just bad guys who do it. Our heroes do it, too. Mm-hmm. Just something to remember. Karen. I don't remember. Karen Walker. Walker. Yeah, yes. she's she's another spy. Much better, you know, or much she's more perfect. successful. She, yeah, she's better at, every, at literally yeah. everything. She's like the James Bond. The wo- yeah, female James women. Bond. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I also enjoy that, like, you know, they they say that, oh, she doesn't even know our names or anything like that or know who we are. And then Karen comes up to them and is like, oh, hi, Susan. Hi, Nancy. Yeah, because she's perfect. She's so perfect <laughs> you can't even hate her because yeah, she's yeah. nice. <laughs> Fine goes to infiltrate Raina's house. His camera's being all buggy, so Susan can't quite get a read on him. And he gets captured and killed by Raina, who also reveals that she knows the names of all other active CIA agents. She starts listing them off. Back at Langley, Susan's boss, Elaine Crocker, played by... Ooh, what's her name? I recognized her. She's very uh, memorable name. She's, the she's from the West Wing. Did you already mention oh, the memorial Allison Janey. Oh, oh, no, yeah. yeah. So That's what I was about to talk about. So, mm-hmm. Allison Janey. Yeah, that's right. So she... Is this... The first time we've actually seen sort of actual ceremony of like them putting up another star on the memorial wall. I feel like there's some no way it's the first one, but I can't recall. I know that's been mentioned <laughs> a lot, but I don't I don't remember any other ceremony. So yeah, so we actually get to see a ceremony of that. <clears throat> and then uh, Crocker, Elaine's boss, also tells has a meeting with all of the agents and tell them that 
you know, no one, none of them can go near Reyna or Deluca since they know their identities. What does this remind you of? Pick one because there's Jack, multiple. Well, it was like Johnny English. Get smart. Get smart. Get, yeah. yeah. Well, the whole movie reminded me of Get Smart, which <laughs> and as you, Johnny English. Yeah, as you may recall, I didn't like Get Smart that much. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Yes, I do. I do recall that, and and I recall the. I couldn't really defend had, my opinion. <laughs> uh, the argument we had about you know you needed a motivation of, as to why he wanted to be an agent. Yeah, but Coop had really good motivations. This movie nailed it for that. Hmm. No, I'm just I'm still bitter about that. But let's get let's move on. <laughs> yeah, no need to be bitter. It's just a movie. <laughs> Agents' identities are exposed, so now they need to have someone whose identity is not known. And hey, uh, Susan is technically classified as an agent, so they're going to send her out into the field, but for recon only. Rick Ford, Jason Statham, is furious at that. You may even Uh say he's fast and furious. No. (laughs) Uh, And he decides he's going to go rogue. Also, he had to make some jokes about the face-off machine, which I thought were hilarious. Yeah, I thought that was good. That she, like, leaned into it. (laughs) (laughs) She messed with him a little bit as well. Alice and Jamie did. Yeah. Yeah, I, I... I'll be honest, I think that he is one of the best parts of this movie, uh, Jason Statham. We can talk about it. I All remembered right. when we saw it in the theater, everyone thought he was the best part. I did at the time as well. I don't think we need a whole movie of him acting like that. I think, but in, in the way he's used here is is excellent. Yeah, he's much better as the Captain Jack Sparrow type. So Alice and Janie, or Crocker, uh, meets with Susan separately. Apparently, we find out that... Uh, find was actually Susan's mentor when she was in training and he sniped her for office work because she was the best basically I thought this was very interesting Mm -hmm. beginning of an abusive relationship you might say but it wasn't like totally malicious Mm. right I mean it was it wasn't malicious but it was to his serve his own needs rather than her career it was very self-interested that's true that's true I feel like women in the workforce now can understand that yeah, he kept a good woman down. He totally mm-hmm. did. And I thought this was going to come back, by the way. Which, I guess it sort yeah. of did, but I thought yeah. it would be more explicit. Okay. So we also have this video of um, Susan training at the farm where she goes into you know a training scenario and takes out a, you know, a bunch of targets and then her gun jams. So she basically just rips the wood target off and like starts beating the crap out of it and then beats the crap out of guys who come in who are trying to yeah. stop her. You think she has some rage issues? Maybe a little. <laughs> it's great character work. <laughs> it doesn't really... I would have liked it to come, come back. back. And when she fights later in the movie, she doesn't do that Incredible Hulk thing. I thought no. she would. She actually uses more tactical like um Mm -hmm. and actually uh, is actually more strategic in how she you know uses her kicks and everything and actually i was like impressed but we'll get to those scenes when we get to them Mm -hmm. susan is given a new identity is basically a cat lady this is also great it was great when we saw it (laughs) 2013 it was still great when we saw it yeah this time she has gadgets that sort of match the identity including like hemorrhoid wipes which are you know have what chloroform on them the gadgets have a stupid cover uh-huh. They're actually useful. Like the, yeah. the, the whistle, the, that whistle. the dart. Yeah. yeah. That's good. The stool it, softener that uh, is uh-huh. anti poison. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, though that guy, the armor guy, was yeah. great. He was really funny. <laughs> I enjoyed when she said, well, Did I do something to hurt you at some point? <laughs> I just figured it was hazing for all the new agents. 
Yeah. It always remind me of Men in Black where he gets the noisy cricket. Oh, yeah. Her friend, Nancy, who is Chummy from Call of the Midwife, all those Call of the Midwife fans out there, if you're wondering <laughs> why Chummy didn't appear from, like, season three on, it's because she made this movie and then went and do other things. Oh, good for her. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I missed her on that show. Anyways, mm-hmm. so she, act, Nancy is acting as Susan's, you know, girl in the chair now. So this isn't one of my, I have a lot of favorite quotes, so I'm uh, just going to say one here. Uh, I like when she says, I look like someone's homophobic aunt. <laughs> Because she really does. Uh, yeah, so Susan is sent to Paris in like a really shady hotel. I enjoyed how like she goes and like gets you know picked up in the cab, and they mm. bring her to you know all the nice part parts you see of Paris, and then it gets increasingly shadier as they go. This reminds me of Munich, where they send her to the cheap hotels to save some money. <laughs> yeah, but when she finally gets into a really you know gross looking hotel. She's surprised because Ford is there. He starts telling these increasingly ridiculous stories that I will not tell because they are most of my quotes. I guess you liked it then. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I didn't care for it as much. I Ooh. think, hold on. I think if we were in a theater full of people that were laughing at it over and over again, I would find it funnier. So as you may recall, Ghostbusters answered the call. A lot of it was improv. Okay. I think yep. that's what was going oh, on he's here. definitely improv-ing here, yes. Right. So you can, like, tell. I just feel like it goes on too long. And also, after 10 years of Chuck Norris jokes, that's just what it reminded me of. Eh. Chuck Norris jokes again. Also, Chuck Norris jokes have been going on for, like, 20 years. There you go. That only proves my point better. But I feel like this plays more into his action roles and just him being an over-the-top version of himself, which I loved. Yeah, that's good. Have you seen the movie Demolition Man, by the way? Oh, yes, of course. So that's Stallone making fun of his own persona as Mm -hmm. action hero, too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Susan is supposed to go to DeLuca's office, surveil it, but she finds that it has burned down mysteriously. It's definitely arson. And she talks to a guy who has like a cart outside there. And, you know, he's like, oh, no, it wasn't, you know, it was went up real quick. And also he like took a photo of it. And in the photo, he actually, there's actually a, a guy in there who's looking pretty suspicious. So he's she sends the photo to Nancy to identify that guy. It's like totally ridiculous, yeah. by the way. That what? Uh, that a super oh, that spy guy. would burn something down and then just stand there, <laughs> stand there <laughs> looking at it. He's not a super spy. He's just a goon for, that got hired to do a job. Necessarily the sharpest tool in the shed. They just need someone to burn a building. Yeah. That being said, the script for this movie is pretty tight, considering uh-huh. that it's a comedy. Like it makes sense that they are tipped off because Ford is going rogue. And I mm-hmm. also appreciated how for once going rogue actually makes their job harder as opposed <laughs> to all the Mission Impossible movies where they go rogue and then they still manage to win anyway. Mm-hmm. So Ford appears again and blames her for the burning building and then leaves. Mm. Susan sees the guy from the fire as she's watching Ford leave, follows him, sees that he's following Ford. The guy switches backpacks with him. And Susan tries to warn Ford. She finds her way to an outdoor concert where she gets on stage and tries to warn him. Did you enjoy the auto-tune joke? Because I thought I did think that was funny. Yeah, I liked it. It integrates well with the scene. Of course, <laughs> it's like, why even bother with covers? She's just going <laughs> to run around yelling, Ford, Ford. Mm-hmm. What was the name? Rick Ford? Rick, Rick Ford. Ford over and over again. Yeah. So, yeah, it was exciting. It was funny. Uh-huh. It worked pretty well. But she manages to get to another mic, which doesn't auto-tune hers, and tells Ford that they switched the backpacks. Ford finds a bomb in the backpack. 
He throws it into the Seine just in time as it explodes in the water and everyone runs away. Turns out he did have enough time to get rid of that bomb. (laughs) Just enough. Right. Uh, Susan spots the man from the fire again in the crowd and runs after him. They go into a building. They fight. This is actually... I, I like this. You know, she sort of stumbles at first, but managed to actually incapacitate him. I like the Melissa McCarthy action hero. I would watch more of that. Yeah, where she like actually, you know, that goes for the ankle and like you kick, kicks his ankle in. It's like, oh, that that definitely looks like it hurt. <laughs> managed to to incapacitate him. Accidentally knocks him off of a ledge, a very tall ledge, and then vomits on him. Yeah, this is our and gross. Then drops the knife that you know she had stabbed him with initially. So it stabs him again. This is the gross-out humor part of there the movie. There was a lot of gross... More gross-out humor than I remembered. But not too much. I've seen uh, worse. The I've vomit, much the worse. vomit was... Yeah, sure. I don't <laughs> know. The vomit was a little excessive. That was bad. A couple of things. First of all, I've had to mention this at the beginning, but yeah. I'm a Melissa McCarthy stan. I don't know if I've told you this already. No, you have not. She's freaking amazing. Okay. She's like Tom Hanks. She did comedy. She mm-hmm. does drama. She can do anything. Despite not having like movie star good looks, which I think she would agree with me about. So yeah. I am a fan. I'm totally irrational about it. Same with like Jackie Chan, same with Damian Lewis, some of these other guys, Dominic Cooper. Uh-huh. Yeah. Huh. So I did not know that. All right. Cool. So cool. that absolutely helps, helps me like yeah. this movie more. <laughs> yeah. Susan reports back to Nancy and Crocker, shows them the photos that are on the camera. There's a f- few that are of what, of where, uh, DeLuca is, and then there's a bunch of dick pics. Yeah, that was totally unnecessary. <laughs> the other thing I wanted to ask you about is, do you feel like this movie needed to be rated R? It could have been PG-13. I felt like it would have worked really well if they had had it be PG-13. But, you know, I mean, I think they wanted to go for it with the, for the R. Well, they give them space to riff yeah. and do the improv where they can Also, there are way too blue. many F-words for a PG-13. You get, like, one. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. If they had toned down the jokes, would it have been the same? No, I don't think so. Yeah. yeah, there is like a ton of them, and it's very explicit. Mm-hmm. And, um, I enjoyed how like Ford's as the like back at headquarters is Ford, or as uh, they're like seeing all these images projected. Ford's <laughs> handler, who's like basically does nothing because Ford just keeps going rogue. She's mm-hmm. like sees it like Ford's is bigger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but. More importantly, there's a video of Reina and DeLuca talking about Ronaldo. And it turns out Ronaldo is a car, a Rolls-Royce fa- um, a Wraith, which has a tracking system in it. So you were able to follow the story of this movie? Yeah. yeah. Were you? I wasn't really putting that much brain power into following <laughs> it, to be honest. All right. So they track it and find out that it's in Rome. Susan wants to go follow uh, the car. Crocker is hesitant, but... Tells her to, you know, pull up the carpet in the corner and there's a new identity for her. It's another cat lady. <laughs> where she, and she complains about her cover and, you know, how, you know, fine got to be like business, a business person or at one time even a race car driver. But she just get, keeps getting cat ladies. It's smart. Hmm. I liked it. <laughs> yeah. So in Rome, Susan meets with a local agent, Aldo, who's a giant perv. Uh, yeah, this went on too. This is too much. <laughs> This was way too much. Do you uh, agree? It's like enough already. It was spaced out. <laughs> well, I mean, you had like... Yeah. yeah. I also like that it makes fun of Italians because you don't really see that that often. <laughs> like, they get all kind of light. You think so? No, uh, you don't agree? I mean, it depends on the era, really. That's true. <laughs> I mean, what if you watch The Untouchables, there's, well, not, there's a lot of... 
Irish and a lot of uh, making fun of Irish and making fun of Italians in that one. Well, it's like the seventies through the nineties. The Italians are always depicted as mobsters. Mm, yeah. So I guess this is a step up. Is it though? <laughs> Maybe a small one. No, it's not at all. Really, I don't know. Mobsters mm. are cool. This guy is just gross. Right. That's true. He is also a ridiculous driver and like drives her through a bunch of back alleys trying to go to where DeLuca is. So they see DeLuca going into the casino. Nancy is in Susan's ear telling her to surveil from the pastry shop across the street. But Susan decides, no, she wants to go in. But she can't go in looking like Cat Lady. So she mm-hmm. goes and you know spends a whole bunch of money. Apparently they have a clothing budget on missions. But yeah, goes she, right she past it. Up. This kind of confused me. All Feel right. free to accuse me of overthinking. Wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> but I was like, Susan knows how to dress and like look good. So yes. like, why doesn't she do it most of the time? Is it because they don't pay her enough money? Probably. To get nice clothes? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we hear later on that they do not pay her well at all. So yes, probably that. <laughs> so she, get, yeah, she gets a glow up. She looks a lot better than, uh, well, obviously than the cat lady disguise. Right. And she goes into the casino, um, but of course she's not on the list, but Rick Ford is in there and says that, oh, she's with me, they have another tete-a-tete. I didn't write down what they said, but I said that it's really harsh. Like, they're really <laughs> digging into each other. Mm. Yeah, there's one quote in there that I will bring back later on. Mm-hmm. Ford says he's going to go take out DeLuca, whereas Susan just wants to surveil him since he's the only one who knows where the bomb is. So DeLuca, well, not tr- entirely true. Reina also knows, but, you know, she's, they need her him to find Reina. DeLuca it goes into Susan, tries to follow DeLuca into a private gaming room, but she is escorted out. But before she is, she manages to see DeLuca hand off a note off to someone, which is then given to Reina in the bar. Yeah, I like when they tell her, no more exploring, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I want to get told that at some point. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Susan notices someone trying to spike Raina's drink. I immediately she... recognized this guy. He's oh, yeah. in Silicon Valley. He was also in Ghostbusters 2016. He's in the office. Right. Yeah. Always playing a nerd, which he does <laughs> here too. Actually, this is one of her t- his tougher roles. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he spikes the drink. So, But since Raina is the only one who actually knows where the bomb is, Susan has to save her, tell us her about the drink. Rena is just so condescending to her. Yeah, Rena sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I thought she's hilarious here. In this part, yeah. yeah. Uh, her goons find the guy who tried to poison her, and they make him drink the martini. Yes, before this. Oh? I wanted to mention the most, probably the most problematic part of the movie. Yes. Do you write this down? Where Rena says to Susan... Why would someone want to roofie you? Like the idea, it's like because she's like unattractive. Do you remember you think, this? Yes, I do. Do you think that's the most problematic part of this well, movie? Maybe not, maybe not the most. It definitely made me flashback to like 2015. I don't think you could say that today. Eh, well, she is supposed to be a, a terrible person, so yeah, I'm okay with it. I know it's just so bad. Yeah, I mean, she that is her bread and butter is that she's a terrible, terrible person and she's hilarious. Mm, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, brushed over me. I did like, oh. Yeah, I mean, I can see potentially getting offended by that, but it's just like... Well, I didn't say I was offended, but I'm, I just don't think that's a joke you would make today. That's I don't all I'm saying. necessarily agree, but okay. 
So anyway, so Raina makes the guy drink the marti- the poison martini, and he drinks it, and his throat dissolves. Yeah, an extremely gruesome death. Yeah. I guess another reason why this movie needed to be yeah. rated R, so they could and do that. Susan sees that and faints. But then when she wakes up, Raina, you know, thanks her and says she wants to take her to dinner to, you know, fully thank her, but she's still being condescending while thanking her. Yeah, she made a new friend. Susan made a new friend, so well done. So watch this movie with my girlfriend, and she uh-huh. asked, why does Rena keep dunking on Susan's dress? Like, what's wrong with her dress? <laughs> I said, there's nothing wrong with it. Rena's just pompous. Yep, yep, yep. And it's women tearing down women again. Mm-hmm. It reads better than a man tearing down a woman. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. But- I mean, that seems less funny, whereas it seems more funny here. Mm-hmm. Do you think a movie was trying to say something with that or no? I don't think so. I don't think it's that deep enough that for that. Deep? I yeah. guess if they were trying to say something, they would have made it more explicit. Yeah. Well, I'm, other than that, may, other than, you know, the very surface level of, yeah, don't be shitty to wi- other women. Right. Which applies yeah. to people in general. So. Yeah. Susan, you know, she has tell Susan to pick the wine and Susan really does not know how to pick wine. And this is the callback to the towel joke. Where oh, earlier yes. She eats something. It turns out to be a towel. This time she thinks it's food. It turns out that it is actually a towel. I like that. Other way around. Which, she whichever. thinks it's a towel, but it is actually food. Oh, she thinks it's a towel, but thinks it's food. Right. Yes. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. But she's, you know, trying to impress Raina basically. And then Raina tells Susan the story of this, like, poor clown woman in Bulgaria that Susan reminds her of. Yep. <laughs> oh, she's just so terrible and she's it's so, so funny. It's so mean for no reason. Uh, uh, she hates the idea of Raina, you know, waste or no, of Susan wasting all of her time and money in uh, Rome because it's so tacky and boring, so she wants to bring Susan to Budapest as a thank you. Talk about a good new friend to have. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so they Cease Ford in the casino. Reina's goons are trying to apprehend Ford. And as they're like, you know, getting the drop on him, Susan taps on her earpiece in Morse code to shut off the power, which was real clever. Like, if real you can't cool. talk. And but... you can't be too obvious because yeah. then they'll know it's you. Mm-hmm. They end up shutting down power in most of Rome. <laughs> Ford, you know, with the surprise of the, of the blackout, manages to take out the goons. And Susan takes the opportunity to knock over Reina. <laughs> yeah, just to be mean. Well, man, you know, because she, as far as she knows, killed her, you know, well, sure. her best friend. and Well, not best friend, but the guy she is in love with. Yeah, right. It's not being mean. It's more just just to get back at her. Yeah. Take yeah. advantage of the opportunity. So they're on Raina's private plane to Budapest. She keeps insulting Susan's clothes <laughs> and then says that, you know, Susan reminds her of her mother, shows her photo, and a very ugly looking woman. Yeah. It's like Charlie's mom from uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. And, but apparently the, her mother was the only person that Raina could really trust, which is like, you know, a good sign for Susan if, you know, if she reminds Raina of someone that she can trust. Right. Drinks some champagne, which is drugged. Susan, you know, goes for her stool, stool softener anti-poison pill, but passes out before she can actually take it. Apparently Raina... Yeah drugged her so she go go through all her things. But it's spy stuff, so she doesn't figure it out. And mm-hmm. most of her devices she ends up using, mm-hmm. kind of like a James Bond movie, but not quite all of them. Mm-hmm. So the, most of them come back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But as this is all, as she's waking up, the flight attendant comes in 
and shoots Reyna's bodyguard. Yeah, so he's a traitor to Reyna. He's a traitor. And then I like how the pilots come out and say, and who were all, who were also traitors, but were trying to kill him because they wanted to get the money first. Because huh? so everyone I, just hates. Oh yeah, like Reyna can't even remember the name of uh, the the flight attendant. Keeps calling him Colin. Is it Colin quit eight months ago? I'm Frederick. It's an older joke, but it checks out. Yeah. I also, it also makes sense. The script is tight. It makes sense then that she would take Susan on as a bodyguard. Yeah. Because her cover later, or her story, I guess I should say. Because yeah. uh, it makes sense if all these people keep betraying her, she needs somebody. And also, you know, Frederick just shot her bodyguard. Yeah, that too. She's a new one. Yeah. So I take it this plane fight reminded you of uh, Goldfinger. Eh, not really. It's a fight on a private plane. Yeah, but, but that's it also, not enough. No, no, because <laughs> it, you don't have you know a bad guy going out the window with explosive decompression. What it mm. reminded me more of actually is Night and Day, the flight, the fight on that plane, because they also have like the pilots yeah, the end up shooting each one. other, and you know, and then the the main character has to take control of the plane. Yeah, good point. Good point. All the pilots and the. Basically, everyone besides Susan and Frederick, uh, not, not Frederick, Susan and Raina end up dead. Uh, Susan gets control of the plane, levels it out. Raina gets trapped under like two of the dead goons. Yeah, and, so I was like, what's she going to do now? Her cover is clearly blown. She's not right. a cat lady. <laughs> so she comes up with a new cover, as you said, that she's actually a private bodyguard that Raina's father had hired. Mm-hmm. An action woman, if you will. Yeah. And they arrive in Budapest. Uh, there's going to be a meet that night with a potential buyer. Reyna doesn't know where yet. They also meet Anton, who's another member of Reyna's security team. Insults Again, him. it's just constant improv insults that go <laughs> on a little too long, in my humble opinion. Yeah, I think it, perfect. it was perfect. Uh, Susan finally gets to her room and puts in her earpiece, but then also immediately realizes that there's cameras in every one of the rooms. So she leaves the hotel. Yeah, I thought she was going to get caught because of that. When, as soon as you see her on camera holding her hand to her ear, I thought someone was going to see uh, it, and she's going to get blown, and then all over. But, I mean, it's she like realizes as soon as she sees it, so she stops it, and you know, she uses the phone as a, co- as a cover, which I enjoyed, mm-hmm. and calls Nancy, and it's revealed that Nancy is actually also in Budapest, like right around the corner. Yeah. <laughs> Did they ever explain why? I think it's because they yeah. couldn't reach her. Yeah. They couldn't reach her, and so um, Crocker wanted to know where she was, so they figured, since she also has never been out in the field, her cover was probably safe. So they I like the idea of it's like they just go down the list of <laughs> inexperienced people yep, yep, as they go yep. missing. Reyna and Anton see Susan with Nancy. They come up with another cover as, as an associate of Susan's. And of course, at this point, Susan is using Nancy's spy name, name which yeah. was... Oh, I don't remember what it was. It was. Like Angel Valentine or Amber, something like that. Amber Valentine. And so, right. obviously, Nancy can't use that as her spy code name. So, she uses Susan's real name as her that spy That was another name. really good joke. I thought that was a good yeah, joke. Yeah. But in the midst of all of this, uh, there's a drive-by shooter who kills Anton. I was like, I didn't realize until I was like, wait, where'd happen to Anton? Oh, he's, you know, he's dead in that scene. Yeah, there might be the taxi driver dying and uh, the spy who don't me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, because that was like, you know, that was just a sort of, all right, he's shot and then that's the end of it. The taxi driver and spy who dumped me, they have to like, you know, keep driving over his dead body and like keep yeah. making jokes about it. It's like, it's not as <laughs> brutal as 
that. That, that was very brutal. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, we also get a uh, what they call a fatty fall down joke. I've never heard the trailers that too. Yeah, where M- Melissa or Susan gets into a, a moped and it just topples. A over. moped with a roof on it. Hey, it makes sense to me. You know, what if it rains? <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyways, but she gets on a different scooter. They have a chase. At one point, has to you know jump over some construction and. Hmm does it makes a real cool jump and then lands in wet cement but uh, that's not the end of it that you manages to get out of the wet cement yeah keeps you, you going. Think it goes over but it's not yeah. Yeah. you know she's sort of at a standoff with the driver in the car and the driver tries to run her down she shoots out the tires reveal that the shooter is actually karen Miranda baccarin yeah this is very quick it's like yeah. she's alive for probably less than 30 seconds yeah. and it looks like karen's right about to kill her when she's taken out by a sniper. And I thought they wouldn't explain this, but then they did. Did they? Well done, yes. See? Okay. It's a tight I just, script. Tighter I than you'd expect. Remember. Oh, is it? Do we see a flashback later on? It's just like a throwaway line. Bradley oh. Fine says, I'm the one who shot her. That's how you know oh. you can trust me. Oh, I forgot about that. Okay. Yeah, he's a triple agent yeah. still. And <laughs> Rena is in a balcony above them, pours water over their heads, and now they're panicked because what did she hear? Yeah, and she's really mad. Yeah, and she yeah. has a gun. <laughs> yeah. Not a great combination. No. So Susan and Nancy are basically all that's left of Rena's security. So mm. she tasks them with finding more security for her. And the only person that headquarters can send is Aldo. I did like the joke that when he comes back, they're like, oh, no, mm-hmm. not him. But it also makes sense. Yeah, they don't yeah. have that many people. Mm-hmm. They need him. Yeah. They're at a party for, you know, the meet with the buyer. Nancy is scanning the crowd. Susan I, and Aldo are, you know, guarding Reyna. I like the joke that she has Darth Vader gloves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And also, there's all these jokes about Reyna's hair, which I thought was hilarious. Hey, she deserves it. You're going to make fun of someone's dress. Dessert, you know, <laughs> get something about your hair right back. Yeah, like, I, I kind of just want to see behind the scenes stuff of this. Of just like how many times they cracked up. Yeah, how many like, improv jokes were yeah, left on the ground. Yeah. Susan sees that the buyer is the woman who switched the backpacks on Ford in Rome. Susan also sees that Ford is on in disguise on the dance floor with like a wig and a mustache, and it's it looks hilarious. I thought it was a pretty good disguise. Like, I mean, I, I didn't realize it was him at first, but like once you do, it's like, oh, that's so that it looks so hilarious. I like that he has that a wig with like the little patch of hair, like he's like he's balding. <laughs> you know, you don't normally see that. Usually, yeah. wigs go all the way or nothing. Mm-hmm. So they're basically to have like a very, you know, low key fight on the dance floor. They fall over. I can't believe you haven't mentioned the fit. Is it fitty? The fitty said camp. I was about to get to that. (laughs) That's right after they fall over and they're like, wait, no, we need to blend. And they're like, they're like dancing as they get up. Then fitty said shows up. He's performing at the party. Oh, I mixed up the order of operations there. Yeah. So this celebrity cameo feels so much <laughs> like it's like from the nineties. That's when uh, they would do that. Early two thousands. Yeah. Early two. Well, even so, the movie came out in twenty fifteen. So it yeah. feels yeah, so. It's dated. a very dated, but also just still works. <laughs> this is great. Hey, Christian, did you know that Fifty Cent has been shot nine times? Yes, I did know that. Mm, just checking. Yeah. I, I was going to put that in Spy Fact versus Fiction. <laughs> it's supposed to create a diversion. So she goes and tackles Fiddy Stan on stage. Also great. <laughs> I loved that. <laughs> and, and then Ford shows up, and in that chaos, 
the buyer gets the drop on Susan. Nancy causes another diversion by, you know, throwing a bunch of switches on the uh, soundboard. In that, Confusion manages to escape. Susan goes to chase after them. They have a fight in the kitchen, which is a pretty good fight. fight. Yeah. Yeah. Have you you seen The Raid 2? I have not, no. Another great kitchen fight in that. That's a martial arts movie, so Mm -hmm. it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a lot of knife action and, like, you know, using frying pans to, to combat knives. Yeah, and, a very gratuitous part where she pulls the knife out of her well, own hand. Yeah, she, like, Susan stabs <laughs> the knife right through her hand and she pulls it out. Yeah, it's, it's like, what are you, an archai? <laughs> uh, at that point, she thinks she has the buyer un- under control and even says you're, you know, under arrest from by Susan Cooper of the CIA. Like, you really shouldn't even say that. Even if you think that... Uh, you know, yeah, you've so got... try and cover here. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she doesn't actually have her under control because there's a knife like right next to her hand. She's about to get stabbed, but then a knife comes out of nowhere and is thrown at the buyer. And Reina walks in with a still alive. What's his name? Joseph. Bradley Joseph Fine. Bradley, Bradley Fine. Bradley Fine. Who's Who's Joseph Fine? <laughs> oh, that's like. Is he an actor? Yes. It's like Ralph, Ralph Fine's like nephew maybe i don't yeah so he's still alive and he's the one who threw the knife and And he's a bad guy apparently yeah susan gets knocked unconscious and i was like oh great does every spy movie need to have a torture scene they're so tedious get tortured (laughs) they escape it takes forever like at this point i was kind of ready for the movie to be over have you seen kiss kiss bang bang yeah but i remember very little of it. oh you should watch it again because there's actually (laughs) so is a sidebar again, but there's like the whole thing sort of you know models after like an old detective story, right? And they mm-hmm. call it out in the book in the thing because they're like the characters are a fans of the books, and they always say, "Oh yeah, there's a scene where he goes gets tortured and gets away, and always shoots nine guys." It's very specific. He always shoots nine guys when he gets away, mm-hmm. and so you saying that is like made me think of that when they like you know they're hanging a lampshade on it. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's also just a great movie anyways, but let's get back to Spy. But then it turned out to be wrong because Susan doesn't, in fact, get tortured. Yeah. Well, yeah. So she wakes <laughs> up in front of Raina and Fine, and uh, we find out Raina and Fine are sleeping together. Also, Raina doesn't know that Fine's the one who killed her father. He claims it was another agent. Yeah, but Raina's totally got Susan's number. Oh, yeah. She, like, yeah. knows she's uh, CIA, that she knows she's in love with Bradley Fine. Yeah. She, she's, like, totally in her head. And, like, also fakes out her with an unloaded gun and, like, you know, fires it at her. Mm. And because she thinks she, and, you know, makes her think she's going to kill her. Yeah. But doesn't. And even says, like, you think I'd waste a bullet on you? Yeah, that's totally Harsh. over the top. Totally <laughs> over the top. Yeah. But fitting with her because she is very much over the top. That's right. So she gets instead put in a cell with Aldo. And Susan is depressed about failing the mission and about Fine being a traitor. See, she never had confidence in herself. Uh She never believed in herself. It's the Uh character stuff. Uh So Fine comes to see Susan, says that this was her only way, or sorry, his only way in. It's to fake his death and gain Raina's trust and said that Karen's the one who told Raina all of the agent names. And is Uh this where he says that he's the one who killed Karen? That's how we Possibly. get dressed. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. do I have it written down? I don't know. Do you? I don't. I don't think so. Oh, yeah. But yeah, makes okay. sense. Yeah. That which okay. But Susan's still skeptical, and like she headbutts him. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but he tells them that they're going to go to Deluca's villa and to find wherever the bomb is. Uh, but you can just stay put here. 
So Aldo compliments Susan, says she, she's a good agent. Among other things. Well, yeah. like he died, We won't get into that. <laughs> well, he... It, it's, you know, it's, it's very nice and actually, you know, good. And then, of course, is gross. Of course. Yeah. yeah. He's one character to be... He's going to go with that. Yeah. So Susan has uh, Aldo untie her, her and mm-hmm. get into very awkward positions. Yeah, it's uh, very amusing. But, they, but yeah, they escape. They escape, knock out the gu- or take out the guards, and Susan goes off to the villa, and she's about to hotwire. Was that a Trabant? It almost looked like Trabant. Mm, couldn't but it was say. some, you know, really crappy like, European okay car. Yeah. car. Yeah. But instead, she sees the very nice BMW, you know, just across the way, and decides to take that instead. Mm-hmm. So she drives it to the villa. It approaches and gets all the guards' attention. Yeah, for such a cool car, it doesn't have a very long uh, life. (laughs) But it was all a distraction so that Susan could get into the villa. That's right. So Reyna is meeting with DeLuca. DeLuca is skeptical about Fine. Because he's I found this part a little hard to follow. All the different alliances and backstabbings. So DeLuca wants to call off the deal, but Reyna refuses. At which point Susan barges in. And she's trying to throw them off balance by saying that she knows everything about the buyer because she's been studying him for how many years. I don't know if that's true or not. Yeah, I don't think so. But she's willing to sell it all out for her yeah. love, Bradley yeah. Fine. Basically, she's trying to keep Fine alive because she's in love with him. And he's like, but this idiot you know, doesn't even realize that. <laughs> and finally, the buyer of the nuke, Dudea? Dudadev? Dudaev? Yeah. Uh, shows up. Talking about Russian stereotypes here. DeLuca says that, you know, once payment is made, they'll be taken to the hiding spot for the nuke, and they pay 100 million in euros in diamonds. It's pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> Reina brings them all to the garage where Ronaldo, the car from earlier, is there, opens the trunk, and apparently there's a secret landline compartment uh, where the nuke has been kept and i enjoyed the line from De- deluca's like i wish you told me reina because i've been putting my gym clothes on top of that for you know a week now yeah it's nice that the bad guys get the funny lines too <laughs> yeah so as soon as they take the nuke out of the trunk deluca's men get the drop on dudadev and yeah kill him I, and my his note man. is like yeah curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal <laughs> <laughs> yeah and shoots Dudadev in the head. There's a part that doesn't really make any sense where Ford shows up and then immediately falls on his face and knocks <laughs> himself out. Which, I, it's there for a joke, and I liked it. I know, this is me overthinking again. I'm like, if he can't even go through a door, how did he stay alive with all these missions? Unless all those stories he told about what a badass he is are lies. In which case, I totally What do you think? <laughs> I thought it was true. <laughs> I mean, the, the movie's heightened reality you anyway. You thought that he managed to disguise himself as Barack Obama in front of Congress. It's a fictional movie. <laughs> Anything's possible. Uh, no, I but think the, he's just... Use the face-off machine. <laughs> face-off machine. Uh, no, yeah, no, it's it's all BS. I, I guess so, yeah. But it's funny BS. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, but apparently DeLuca has a buyer who'll pay 500 million euros for the bomb, as opposed to just that hundred million, and you know he doesn't get the hundred million. Reina gets the hundred million. He only gets you know a finder's fee. So instead, he'll make you know five hundred million and also get the hundred million in euros. So really six hundred and the the nuke. So he gets everything. But of mm-hmm. course, this means he has to kill Reina too 
And this is where, yeah, Ford pops in and is about to, you know, go on a rampage, but then snags his jacket on the door handle and gets knocked out. Yeah, Serena's gets saved by Susan yet again. How many times is this? Like four? Yeah, something (laughs) like that. She takes out all the goons. DeLuca shoots fine in the arm. DeLuca starts choking Susan and like there's a gun near Reina and she ha- Susan is like shouting at her to push push it towards her and you she like slide it. Slide, <laughs> like barely moves. It's like use your little bird arms and get it over here. I thought it was a really good joke. Yeah, I did not yeah. see it coming. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, manages to use it to hit him over the head and get out of his grip. And DeLuca has escaped and is has the bomb on the chopper outside. As soon as I saw the chopper, I was like, someone's going to hang off of it. Yeah, of course. So that, <laughs> yeah, Susan and Ford get in onto, onto a strut. Well, Susan gets onto a strut and Ford is hanging onto Susan. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of grouping and HR jokes. Of course, of course. <laughs> and, you know, Ford manages to slip off yeah. while Susan. I appreciated about this movie yeah. is that there's jokes all the way through. Like, yeah. I think we've talked about. Comedy is not my favorite movie genre because a lot of times it stops being funny about halfway through because they need to actually have a story. Hmm. But, or you get yeah. the immediate, like the supreme mood whiplash of like Spy Who Dumped Me. We're like, oh, the, you know, it's funny. And then like, oh, horrible deaths. And like, yeah. yeah. So this one manages to avoid that, except for that one gratuitous death. Well, that and then I the mean, other there's one. Other and then the other but, one. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> the tone doesn't seem as, you know, as a drastic mood shift. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. So Susan manages to hang on, gets in the chopper, throws the diamonds and the nuke out of the door and into the water. Nice moment, yeah. DeLuca is about to shoot Susan, but he gets sniped by Nancy. Still alive, though. Yeah, which is a little absurd. I, uh-huh. My note here is also, wow, if only he hadn't taken that second to say die before he shot <laughs> Susan. <laughs> also, Aldo is, pil- is you know piloting the other helicopter where Nancy is in. Also, you know, Nancy is not a trained sniper, so it makes sense that she, you know, couldn't exactly go for the headshot. It makes really makes no sense that she could hit him at all. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Shooting right. from one chopper to the other. Uh, and I like how, you know, these these spy movies, it's like everyone can just do everything. <laughs> Susan but, hasn't been in the field in ten years and you can still land an airplane. Yeah. Well, that one I'll give her because she's all you know, the person in the chair. So I, there's no doubt that at some point Fine had to like land a plane, so she had to walk him through it. And so she mm-hmm. remembers that knowledge. That I could that yeah so I don't know, maybe maybe Nancy had to walk whoever her agent in the field is through like shooting a sniper rifle. It's a little bit more plausible. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, Deluca, you know, yeah, still alive, tries to grab for Susan, and instead grabs the cake necklace. It does come back, but not uh, the way yeah. that I was expecting. And she, yeah. you know, takes off or uses the adjustable toggle to take it off, and he falls out of the chopper. Yeah, it reminded me of the Hans Gruber death. It's almost kind of filmed in a similar <laughs> way. Yeah, uh, not almost kind of. It is filmed in a similar mm-hmm. way. The part yeah. where you see him falling. Susan stabilizes the chopper. We find out that the chopper that Nancy's in belongs to Fifty Cent or Fifty Cent. He's right. in the chopper too. He's apparently she had to deputize him to get him to give him the chopper. This is great. And the CIA come to clean up. We see Reina is arrested. More jokes about her hair. <laughs> Aldo's revealed to be Albert from MI6, or is he? Yeah. What do you Apparently think? Apparently, he got two in character, <laughs> and yeah, I can't tell if he's joking. You can't tell I, whether he's actually joking. Me neither. I think <laughs> he is. He's MI6. 
Oh, okay. It's kept the joke well, going all too long. Mainly because he's played by Peter Serafinowicz, who is a Brit. Oh, that's the reason? <laughs> that, that's also, more well, you know, Peter Serafinowicz in Guardians, but also the voice of Darth Maul. Well, mm-hmm. before Sam Witwer did it for, like, all of the uh, animated stuff, but at least in Phantom Menace. Ah, the original yeah, voice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you like it that they're sending her to Prague? They're always going to Prague. <laughs> yeah. These spy movies. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Prague or some place that looks so like it's supposed to be somewhere else, but is actually just Prague. Yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah. So she, yeah, fine. Also congratulates Susan Cro- and like Crocker. I like how has... she salutes and he's like, "We don't salute people." <laughs> no, it's a, no one does that. <laughs> Crocker's got a new mission for her, new identity. It's another bad photo. Fine invites mm. her to dinner, but she actually turns him down, showing that he she's yeah I think finally over him. Well, like I said in the haiku, she's outgrown him. Yeah. She doesn't need him anymore for her own. She is herself fulfilled that she's fulfilled. She doesn't need him. Mm-hmm. I thought that she was going to bring back like you screwed me. Like it's your fault. I've been an analyst for ten years. But no, yeah, no. Let's <laughs> go. And then Ford shows up somehow, looking you know clean and also in a in a new suit. Which they call he's good out, at that. Yeah. yeah. And he says that you know, they ask if he's going to rejoin the CIs. Yeah, I think they will. They need me, but first I'm going to take some time off. I'm going to take the speedboat down the coast to Italy, but doesn't realize that the body of water that he's taking off into is just a lake. Yeah, I remember this from 2015. Yeah, where I did not remember he's that sailing joke. around the lake. Just, just, I remember it going on longer than how uh, it did, actually. And does this remind you of? Uh, it reminded me of the band from Uncle when Henry oh, Cavill's sailing just, around the lake. Like, eh, it did not remind me. I just, I just enjoyed that joke. <laughs> Fades to black, but then Susan and Ford wake up in bed together, and she screams, and she says, "You liked it." I didn't like that. Uh, we didn't. It wasn't necessary to have that. Okay, here's a theory. All right. Here's honestly a theory. But I wondered if someone at Hollywood was like, how do we know she's not gay? Because oh. she like, goes off with her friend. It's like, I so can definitely go see that as like a terrible studio note from like some out-of-touch executive. I, don't know. I can't imagine Paul Feig really cares that much about no. it. Yeah. It's a theory. I didn't like it. Yeah. I was waiting for there to be an after credit scene because I was like, this time I'm going to watch it. <laughs> Chris is not going to give me a hard time with Snip again. No. But then yeah. it's just like immediate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unless was there anything else after the credits? I actually didn't watch. I don't think no, so. Once it does like the legit credits, yeah, where it's like a tiny little font. Yeah, I don't think there's any more after credit scenes. Okay, if there is, but I didn't. See what it. they do have is there's other missions that are seen in the credits. They like give mission mm-hmm. names and all, all other stuff like that that she goes through and what her terrible you know identity is for each of those. Right. Yeah, yeah. Increasingly, terrible ideas. Yeah. It's amazing. But with that, our movie ends. Yeah. So now it's time for our spy fact versus fiction. Would you like to go first? Sure. I've just got one thing. So I told you I was going to bring back one of his quotes, and I'm this is I'm kind of cheating because I'm using one of his quotes, but it's actually for spy fact versus fiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they're in the casino, and uh, Susan tells Ford to take it down a notch, and he says, "Take it down." That's how you get polonium two. Tw- 210 slipped into your drink and go 18 months in intensive care for radiation poisoning. You go six months without eyesight while everyone you've ever loved is gunned down. This is a very specific reference to Alexander Litvinenko. The, from the 70s, right? No. This was different... 2006. Oh, I was thinking of the umbrella one. Oh, no, that's not Litvinenko. <laughs> um, that is, oh, now, now, now I can't remember his name. Uh, umbrella, Bulgarian umbrella gun. 
Yogi Markov, that's right. Now, Alexander Litvinenko, now this is from Wikipedia, he was a British naturalized Russian defector and former officer of the Federal Security Service, otherwise known as the FSB, which is the successor to the KGB. And he was a prominent critic of Vladimir Putin and also advised British intelligence. Anyways, in 2000, November 1, 2006, Litvinenko suddenly fell ill and was hospitalized with after poisoning with polonium-210. And he died from poisoning uh, on the 23rd of November. Did he go blind for six months? That, I, no, no, I don't think so, but I'm just like, the fact that they've specifically called out polonium-210 is definitely a reference to him. Mm-hmm. And apparently there was a murder investigation which identified a former member of the, uh, the Russia's Federal Protective Service, or FSO, as the main suspect. Basically, it, it definitely was a Russian hit uh, because mm. he was such a big, you know, uh, critic of Putin. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I remember that story. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. There, I, I feel like at one point there was also talks that there was going to be a movie made of him about the, him and that Daniel Craig would star. But so far, nothing has happened. I could see it. It looks like him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I got for Spy Fact for Fiction. When I heard Polonium 210, I, was, I immediately thought of that. All right, cool. Well, thanks. I have a lot. All right, let's hear it. The first one is, according to a survey results published in January 2023, which I just found via Googling, a survey found about one-third of adult Americans think they could safely land a passenger aircraft without (laughs) air traffic controller's guidance. Without? Among among their respondents, it rose to 50%. Wait, wait, say that again? So what's the percentage? So what people were saying is half of American men are confident they could land a plane. Okay, but what was it? What about in general? Just everyone? What was the percentage? One third. Oh boy. Yes. And Uh, according to a comment I read on Reddit, which I I lost, most air traffic controllers don't know how to fly planes because that's not their job. True. No, they need to give you the headings and everything and also tell you if the runway is clear. Yes. So also, I noticed, according to CIA.gov, the history of CIA SEAL, in the movie, you can feel free to go back and double check this. The Eagle faces to the right. Uh-huh. In real life, it faces to the left. The... I don't know why they changed it. <laughs> well, that's a thing that I've noticed going back, well, like going back to maybe the 90s and even early 2000s, they would just straight up use the real CIA seal. But mm-hmm. as time has gone on, I think the CIA has been actually more picky about it. Like if you watch the news, this last season of uh, Jack Ryan, they used something that's very, like, very similar, but is not like they changed up the seal. For legally that distinct. Used, yeah, legally yeah. distinct, but it still, you know, looks like the seal. And there's other, I can't think of what other examples, but so I'm wondering now if CIA is pushing back on it, on the <clears> use <throat> of that seal. Is it kind of like the U.S. military? You know, you can use our, our stuff if you don't make us look bad. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, so but, I, yeah, but like, you know, Jack Ryan, they make them look, CIA yeah, look really good. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. That was like, I noticed it there and I noticed it. In, I forget what other movies I noticed or TV shows I noticed in where it's like, is something wrong with the seal? It's not right. <laughs> Something's off. Yeah. Right. The next thing I have is Wiley University Services, the limits of the power of the CIA. Mm-hmm. A couple of myths. They do not generally arrest suspects, no, as no. Susan does in the movie. It has no law enforcement power. Their primary function is for intelligence gathering and analyzing. And then also, and this applies to all of our movies, not just this one, it says the huh? CIA does not operate with impunity. It is a common misconception they have unlimited authority above the law. But actually, 
everything they do must be authorized and monitored by several different government agencies that are in place to ensure that operations are carried out legally, including the House Permanent Selection Committee on Intelligence, the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence, the Office of the Inspector General, all of a hand. So you're not going to see that in any of our movies, fictional or otherwise. So then I thought of middle-aged cat lady covers. Because they, they must exist in real life. And I remembered one. So I went all the way back to Vengeance by George Jonas. Ah. The book that we did for Munich. Yep, yep. Because I remembered it was in there and I found it. So on 22nd January 1979, a Palestinian terrorist named Ali Hassan Salome, who I think they may have talked about in the movie because his name that sounded sounds familiar. sounds familiar, but I don't know yeah. where from. Yeah. Well, probably from the movie. Probably, yeah. Yeah. So he was blown up with several of his bodyguards when his Chevrolet station wagon passed by a parked Volkswagen on a street in Beirut, Lebanon. This was possible because his movements have been observed by an Israeli agent masquerading as Erica Marie Chambers. Quote, an eccentric, cat-loving English spinster. (laughs) Wow. She was living down the street not far from Salome's second wife, a former Miss Universe. Other Mossad agents rented the Volkswagen loaded with explosives and parked it along the route. And then there's a couple of different sources about what happened. One source says that Chambers, or Chambers in quotation marks, yeah. put a radio transmitter under Salome's car. Another one said that she pressed the button herself when she saw Genda Position, a.k.a. a remote explosive from GoldenEye. Either way, <laughs> uh, they got their man and they used a middle-aged cat lady cover to do mm-hmm. it. And then finally, like you said, the part where Ford's analyst is like subtly taking a picture of the guy's dick pics with her iPhone. Right. So that leads me to Inside the Fortified Room Securing U.S. Secrets from the Washington (laughs) Post by Derek Hawkins, Adrian Blanco, Perry Stein, and William Neff. Wow. says, every year the federal government classifies documents, and in order to see them, you need not only top secret level security clearance, but you also need a SCIF. Which uh-huh. stands for a sensitive compartmented information facility, an ultra secret room where they take precautions to review the info. And the article, if you and so inclined to Google it, has pictures and information about how you build one. Like Interesting. All, all the layers that all go right. into it, which we're not going to get into. And it says, despite all these safeguards, SCIFs often function like normal offices with workstations and space to hold meetings, but cell phones and other unsecured devices are barred. Hmm. So presumably this would take place in a SCIF, and she yeah. wouldn't have a cell phone, any cell phone, let alone a personal one. Yeah, but we also see that this whole, like, at least as they show them, these, well, they're not even analysts. They're just, I don't they're know what the, yeah, they this is not the most secure setup they have here. Well, the fact yeah, that they're dealing like, with, you know, mice, bats, anything, <laughs> any sort of rodent, yeah, it's, it's not secure. And none of them were paying attention when Bradley Fine's taking on a suitcase nuke. Or the fact that, like, Ford's, you know, did you see what Ford's, uh, um, you know, girl in the girl in the chair was doing. <laughs> she was as when when like she's like Nancy was like saying, you know, did you know that Ford's in the field? And she says, well, he's gone rogue. I I can't do anything until, until he checks in. And she is has a photo of herself and is using CI tech to see what she looks like with different hairstyles. Oh no, I didn't see that. <laughs> yeah. mm, I see. Very unprofessional. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so that is all I have for Spy Fact versus Fiction. Alrighty. Next, we have our favorite quotes. Would you like to go first? Sure. Uh, so I've got a bunch from Ford. Okay. Lay them um, on. I'm not going to say all of them because, but I have all written. Um, so uh, we we've talked about it, but I'm just going to go for it. Here's what we do: I go into the face-off machine. I get a whole new face. I turn up and never know it's me. 
as my. That's a good impression. Nice job. <laughs> um, I thought you were going to do the whole. The whole scene is good, but that one no, part was just just the face off machine. The, the fact that he thinks the face off machine's real probably only pull off that accent for that limited time. So let's see some of his other stories. I once used a defibrillators on myself. Uh, I've jumped from a high rise building using only a raincoat as a parachute. Really quick, do you think the defibrillator on yourself is a reference to the Crank movie? Oh, could be. Because I'm pretty sure he does that. Yeah, he definitely does that in the Crank movie, yeah. (laughs) I've jumped from a high-rise building using only a raincoat as a parachute and both broke broke legs on landing, and I still had to pretend I was in a Cirque du Soleil show. (laughs) I've swallowed enough microchips and shipped them back out again to make a computer. I really like this one. Well, I make a habit out of doing things that people say I can't do. Walk through fire, water street blindfolded, take up piano at a late age. Yeah, I did like that. Like the piano <laughs> like that, one. It's the, it's the you know, com- comedic rule of three, a third of things weirder or different. Yeah, take the shot at uh, yeah. toxic masculinity. Appreciate <laughs> yeah. But yeah. that's what I've got for uh, favorite quotes. Very nice. Okay, so I'm going to go in reverse order through, right. through the movie, and I'll, I'll try to keep it reasonable. So for some reason, I really like the line at the end where Susan says, sorry about the lake. To the guys whose job it is to oh. swim around in lakes and collect. <laughs> I did. I was amused by that. Well, I thought I mean, that was great. Yeah, yeah. All right. So I also liked Fiddy Sense saying, "Let's go shoot someone else." <laughs> Which I, it just occurred to me now is like shoot someone other than him. Is that what, what it's getting? But at? also just shoot, you know? Yeah. Another. Well, he also just had Nancy saw Nancy shoot uh, Deluca with a sniper rifle. Which yeah. she, I didn't even mention that she subsequently drops it. Hmm, yeah. So it's a joke that works on many layers. Yeah. Uh, I liked when Nancy was the friend, right? Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, I read, I read Encyclopedia, I read all the Hunger Games. <laughs> but then Rena overwrites it by saying yeah. that's not helpful. It's like, obviously, it's not helpful, Rena. Yeah. Don't explain the joke to me. Rena, you did fainted just long enough for all of us to laugh at you. <laughs> um, Colin says something to. Susan My name's like, not Colin. No, no, he says something like, you just blew your cover. And she says, oh, yeah, well, why don't you blow me, Colin? Uh, his name's Frederick. <laughs> right, I know. But I know, it's funny you're in context. You know, I'm no no, I'm just saying, but you called him Colin. Yeah, because she called him Colin. Yeah, but his name's Frederick. Oh, yeah, no, that's how little I respect him. But then the last one I'm going to say uh, okay. is when she says, I'm just the same boring person I was before. And that really was very interesting to me. And I want to talk to you about it. Okay. And that's said by Susan? Yeah. What's the context? Do... I don't remember. Well, well, she's like, I I think oh, it's something like, right, when I joined right. the yeah. CIA, I thought I was going to have this, I thought I was going to be a spy. Yeah. I thought I was going to have Bradley Fine's life, but I'm the same boring person I was before. Which yeah. is interesting because five seconds ago, she was blowing people up, helping this guy save the world, you uh-huh. know, lives were on the line, and she still thinks it's boring. What Isn't part of the movie is this at? This, this was right before they start making fun of Karen Walker. It's right in the beginning. But she was still in the chair. She wasn't in the field yet. Okay, that, that's yeah. what I was trying to figure out. Yeah, but like, no offense to people who work at Walmart, but compared to someone who works at Walmart, that's pretty freaking exciting, if you True. ask me. That is, yeah, that is. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, yeah, I, I see your point there. But there's, I, 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 there's a difference between mm-hmm. being the person behind the scenes versus being the person out there. There's a big yes, difference. No, yeah. Yes, you're right. But I think it's interesting. It's like total grass is greener, like yeah. low self-esteem. Uh-huh. Like, no matter what she's doing, there's something inside of her that's cause, that's causing her this pain, which mm-hmm. I thought was very interesting. All right. You know? Okay. So, so that is it for my, my favorite quotes. 
Alrighty. Now it is time for our ratings on a scale of one to ten martinis. One being Avengers nineteen ninety eight, and ten being even better than Ghost Pro- Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. How would we rate Spawn? And I can go first because I know sure. you usually prefer to go first. Um, so if this was twenty fifteen, I would have given it a nine out of ten because I thought <laughs> it was great. Yeah. This time the improv didn't work quite as well. I thought it went on a little too long. It was dated. Oh, something else I forgot to mention is that Reina says something's retarded, oh. which I also don't think you can do. You're going to agree with me with that, right? If you don't say that in 2023, you are. If you're, you know, just the, you know, ginormous, terrible mm. person. Yeah, it's, yeah, it just feels very dated. It's like I, yeah, I don't hear yeah. people say that outside of the fourth true. grade. Yeah, that's true. I'll, I'll, I will give you that. I'm just, but <laughs> I'm just, you know. She's not supposed to be a role model. She's supposed to be an example of the most terrible person. Yeah, that's fair. And yeah. a movie full of them. But anyway, so I like Melissa McCarthy. All those stuff was just too much. <laughs> it wasn't It wasn't as funny as when I saw it in 2015. Uh, okay. I still think it's pretty good, though. All I still right. think it's, it's very solid. I will give it a seven and a half. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. So I'm, I'm feeling generous that Melissa McCarthy yeah, is yeah. Giving, me, I, giving, giving them a bump, a big bump. Looking back through our list of just, okay, the, the movies that I compare, um, would obviously compare this to are going to be, you know, your, the ones that are comedy based. So your Tuxedo, your Johnny English, your Get Smart. What did I rate the, the spies who, the spy who dubbed me? Oh, that was our only, our like, fourth or episode yeah, it was or a so. very early one. wow that was quite early okay yeah so i mean i i think of these it's up there with in my opinion your your uh your johnny english or your get smart i think maybe even slightly better i would say because like you said you know i i think it does good character work and i think it is funnier than those um i certainly agree I think it's funnier than Johnny it's English. It's funny. Well, yeah. I mean, I I do love Johnny English, but I think it is funnier than Johnny English. I disagree. I think the improv still works for me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give this as well a seven out of a seven and a half uh, out of ten martinis. Which you know, it's, it's it's pretty good. It's still a fun time, and yeah, I enjoyed it. Very nice. Well, that's good. I'm glad it was a winner. Yeah. It bring us back into 2024. It's always nice when we agree on a movie, right? <laughs> yeah, I, like it is. Uh, you just well, unless they're either really bad or really really good, we usually don't. Uh, you know, we don't agree. Oh, like and get exactly the same. So this is interesting. It's one of the you know, it's it's pretty good, and we both thought, all right, yeah, clearly seven out and half out of ten. Very nice. All right, anything yeah. else you want to discuss? Um, no. I mean, I I just I'm like just going back to just how it's you know similar to those movies. It is funny that they keep overusing this trope of. All right, either, all of the identities are exposed, so now we have to bring out the most unlikely person as the spy. Yeah, well, I mean, either that or everyone dies. Uh, yeah, well, which I think was in another movie. That right? was the Johnny English is everyone Johnny dies. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's so it's just funny that that has cop- popped up so many times. So it's like a we're the only ship in the quadrant from Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Thank you all for joining us. You can find us on social media at the Spy Fi Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and our merch store at RedBubble.com. Until next time, I'm Zach and I'm Christian, and we are the Spy Fi Guys signing off. Thank you for listening to the Spy Fi Guys. If you enjoyed our podcast, please be sure to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. 
the theme song from this podcast is Mistake the Getaway by Kevin McLeod from Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. Films, books, and television shows reviewed by our podcast are the intellectual property of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. This is a personal podcast. Any views, statements, or opinions expressed in this podcast are personal and belong solely to the participants. They do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations that the participants may or may not be associated with in a professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated. Any views or opinions are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, or individual. You can find our podcast on social media at The Spy Fi Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.